0: Four, from good to great, how, taking any relationship to the next level. Week one, I talked to you about the importance of gratitude and how that um, gratitude has the ability to instantly change us, not just change us, uh, our outlook, but change us physiologically, change us mentally, uh, and ultimately, I believe it changes us spiritually. The Bible is full of verses that exhort us to be thankful, to be grateful, on Monday night, uh, following that, I taught you a skill, finding our blessings, and how that, you know, no matter how bad things are, no matter what our situation is, we have the ability to, to find the good that is there. It just takes a little work. all oh, week two, I talked to you guys about stinking thinking and how that, um, you know, what we think determines what we do. A statement I made was, our behavior never lies, so what we're doing tells us what we're thinking about. And then week three, I uh, preached a message on going deep, and out of Hebrews four twelve, how I showed that the Bible pierces into our uh, heart and in, it in, in divides between soul and spirit. But I, I really dwelt on the second part of that verse, where it said that um, it separates between our thoughts and the intentions of our heart. And I hope that uh, if you haven't had a chance, that you'll go back and listen to that, and really, uh, I hope it gives you a new perspective of what Hebrews 4.12 tells us. Well, this week, I'm here to share with you about the topic of what is growing on your tree. You know, we're all, the Bible, if you go through it, it talks about us as trees, a tree that's planted by living water. And Whenever you see a tree, there's things that grow on it. It might be leaves and it provides shade. It might be a fruit tree and we expect to get fruit from that. I want to talk about that concept from Scripture. And so I'm going to do this in the book of Galatians. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, turn to the book of Galatians. And for the most part, I'm going to be in chapter five, but I want to start off by reading you two verses from Galatians chapter six. And I'm going to start reading in verse um, seven in Galatians chapter 6 and it says this do not be deceived God is not mocked for whatsoever one sows that will he also reap it starts off with a warning do not be deceived now I don't know if you've ever paid attention to what you buy at Walmart or at any other store but most of the electrical devices that you get come with a warning label If you have a a hair dryer, uh, I've seen this on the label. It says, do not use this in the shower or do not use this in water. Why? Because electricity and water in humans, we don't mix. Why is it that they put a warning label on hair dryers? That's right. Somebody somewhere at some point in the past used that in an inappropriate manner. In the shower, around the tub, and probably got hurt. And ultimately, they found a lawyer that would sue the company, and so the company now puts this warning label on there. Well, I'm here to tell you that your Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe, has put a warning in His word, and it's found here in Galatians chapter 6. And it says, Do not be deceived. Now, why do you think those words are there? Do not be deceived. You're right. Because somewhere, sometime in the past, people have been deceived. I'd go so far as to say right now, there are good people, Christ followers, people who love the Lord, and they're deceived. And so what I hope through this message today, that you'll hear this warning. And if this applies to you, that it will change the way that you are Uh, looking at your life, and more importantly, looking at your relationship with God. Well, the verse goes on and it says, God is not mocked. Now, you and I know that today in 2020, you just do a YouTube search, Facebook, Google search, and you will find that there are plenty of people who are mocking God. There are plenty of people who are mocking your belief in God. There are plenty of people who are mocking your position on God's word. But I just want to reassure you that God himself said that he won't be mocked. And and I think that it's not that he won't be mocked right now in the present or hasn't been mocked in the past. But at the end of the day, this word will be held true. And those who have mocked will find out that they were wrong. And he goes on. He says, for whatever one sows... It doesn't matter. This is a principle of life. Whatever you sow, you're also going to reap. You know, recently, Carrie has, um, I mean, she has been just transforming our yard around our house. Last year, she put out a lot of new flowers, and they're coming back. This year is beautiful. Well, this year, she added a garden, and she has put a lot of different types of seed down into the ground. And based on the type of seed that she put into the ground, there's going to be a type of plant. And that plant is going to produce a vegetable based on what she sowed. So we're expecting okra. We're expecting lettuce. We're expecting maybe spinach. um, We're expecting, I don't know what else, corn. Who knows? I, I, I wish she was here close by. I could pull her in front of the camera. And she'd say, no, don't do it. But whatever she sowed into the ground in a few weeks, in a few months, we expect to reap that. Well, you know, the same thing is true for us as Christ followers or for us as Christ deniers. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. You know, the second uh, verse I wanted to share with you in Galatians chapter 6 is verse 8. And it says this, For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. In the second half of that verse, it starts with the word but. The one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. I don't want to start with that word but. Why is that there? Well, because there's a distinction between the first Half of that verse in the second half. The first half of that verse is talking about laborers. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. You look at the the very beginning that it, it sows to his flesh or body. On the second portion, it sows to the Spirit. Not His Spirit, the Spirit. It's talking about the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit. So when we sow to our flesh, the promise is that we're going to reap corruption. When we sow to His Spirit, the promise is that we will reap life eternal. That's Galatians 6.8. And the principle here is that as Christ followers, we should be fruit bearers, not fruit laborers. You know, when I think about um, the fruit of the Spirit as it's talked to uh, in this passage and, and what I'm about to read in Galatians chapter 5 is many times people try to put the fruit on the tree instead of letting the tree grow fruit, bear fruit. Well, let me share you what, what I mean by that. Going into Galatians chapter 5 and reading in verses 7 and 8, verse 7 says this, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? You know, I believe this principle is true. I think that, you know, many people here in Centralia, many people across the state of Illinois, many people in our country, Christ followers were running a good race. Somebody cut in. It might have been COVID-19. It might have been the loss of a job. It might have been a death of a family member. Something happened, and it changed the way that we perceived our relationship or the way that we lived out our relationship with God. And then he clarifies in verse um, 8 of Galatians chapter 5. And when he says this, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who called you. This is why we can find our blessings even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of the most horrible times. Why? Because the one who called you, he's not wanting you to focus on the worst. What he's wanting you to focus on is how you can be Your best, the best that you have ever seen. Let me go on in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. it, It starts off and it says this So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It goes on in verse 17 For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Verse 18, and and I just want to read you this laundry list of the acts of the flesh. And and it says the acts of the flesh are obvious, all right? Remember I said behavior never lies. It's obvious when we do something, when we act out. Well, here are um, the, the things that Galatians 5 and verse 19 through 21 list out. It says sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. And it doesn't stop there, and it says, and the like thereof. So just in case this list isn't knocking on your door and demonstrating something that you are guilty of, I think that last word probably captures some of that. But when I look at this list, what I see really is four separate lists. The first list involves sex, sexual morality, impurity, and debauchery. Now, I don't think I need to prove to you that any of those three or anything that's attached to those three is not something that would be the fruit of the Spirit, but is an act of the flesh, and it's very obvious. Well, the second category down is idolatry and witchcraft. Many times in the Bible, it correlates that witchcraft is the same thing as idolatry. And really what this is, is talking about worship. Are you worshiping your creator or are you worshiping the creation? And then the next list of eight says hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. And and if you group those together, uh, the one word I would use is relationships. And then the last uh, group, the drunkenness and orgies, um, I'm calling those seasonal sins. Well, here we are in this series, Good to Great, taking any relationship to the next level. So which of those four groups do you think I want to talk about today? That's right. I want to talk about those that involve relationship or that are relational. And so as we look at that list, we, he- we see the word hatred. Folks, you don't have to think very hard on that. Right now, uh, our social media certainly in our country is experiencing acts Of hatred. Now, folks, don't think for a minute that it just started in the last three weeks. Hatred has been around since the time of Adam and Eve and their first two sons. You know, we saw where one brother killed the other brother. And the reality is that same sin of hatred is rearing its ugly head today in our country. Probably rearing its head today in your families, on your social media feeds in your relationships that you're involved in. Well, there's another word there. It's called discord. You know, the Bible talks about unity, and one of the, probably the worst sins that we, I've seen and discovered in the church is this one of discord, where we allow the enemy to divide and try to separate us on, on something that is probably good and healthy out of the scripture, but we apply it in such a way That's not healthy. Jealousy. Again, all of these words involve relationships. Like, I mean, you don't get jealous about yourself. You get jealous about something that somebody else has, something that you want, or a fit of rage. You know, I've never had a problem with somebody going in the woods and just yelling and screaming and doing whatever they, you know, want to do. Punch trees, chop down trees. But it's when that fit of rage happens inside your home. It's when that fit of rage happens when you're driving down the road in a vehicle. It's when that fit of rage happens when to um, you with one of your family members or one of your friends. Selfish ambition. You know, uh, if you know me very well, you know I am full of ambition. I am driven is probably the word that I would share with you. And someone like that has to be careful because... It, it, It can easily get out of balance, and instead of being a healthy ambition, an ambition to uh, pursue and become better, it becomes one of selfishness. And really, what happens with selfish ambition is we trample over other people. We don't take care of other needs, and we just think about L number one. Well, the next word going down is dissensions. You know, dissension dissension is uh, one of the things that's happening in our country right now. You see this. You see people with a different perspective coming in and trying to, to divide. You know, the, the, what I love about how we call our country, the United States of America. Right now, we're not very united, are we? Why? A lot of different opinions. A lot of different deeply held beliefs. And a lot of different ways that we're looking at that. And what happens, uh, we see it differently and we want everyone to see it our way and then dissension comes in. Factions. Oh, my goodness. I don't even have to go and talk about what's happening in our country. I, I don't even have to leave the Southern Baptist Convention. we got a lot of factions in the Southern Baptist Convention. You know, there's a reason why there's probably 20 to 50 different Baptist denominations. It's cause of different factions. Another uh, word on this list is envy. You know, what's the difference between jealousy and envy? You know, envy, I think, is that Deeper, more internal level of jealousy. Envy is where, um, you know, we want things that probably we shouldn't even want. Jealousy, eh, it's probably a surface desire. Envy is something that's deep, probably a a feeling that goes alongside of that. Well, if you continue to read in this Galatians chapter 5 and verse 21, it says this I warn you as I did before that those who live like this, that's that long list, those four different categories, those that live by that list will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, it's inevitable when I preach a message like this that many of you are going to take an inventory on your life and you're going to realize that that list is probably more descriptive of you than the next list that I'm going to share. And when that happens, you are going to probably wonder, How is your relationship with God? Is there even a relationship with God? And I would encourage you: do not let that slip. Don't let that Holy Spirit that's tugging on your heart, you know, push that to the side or quench that. But rather, listen to it and allow the Spirit to minister to you. We continue uh, on in this in chapter or chapter five, verse twenty-two. It says, "But the fruit of the Spirit is now." Uh, a couple things I want to point out. Number one is it's singular fruit, all right. So a lot of times when I, I've seen um, it preached or I've seen a, a diagram of the fruit of the spirit and it's got one tree and it's got like different fruit like a you know love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness. I think that's the wrong way to look at this. I think that there's one fruit of the spirit and that is love. But then if we were to take that piece of love fruit off of the tree, we could look at it and think about an orange. You know, if I pull an orange off of the tree, you know, I can see the color of it. I can uh, peel it apart and I can see the skin. Um, I can see that uh, if, I, if I break it open, the fruit comes apart. And there's different, there's like fiber that holds the fruit together. And then there's that pulp that's inside um, that holds the juice in. There's seeds in there. I mean, there's a lot of different Uh, parts it's still in orange and i believe that the scripture backs this up that the fruit of the spirit is love and then love is described by the rest of the words you know in first corinthians 13 it tells us that uh, there's faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love If you were with us uh, uh, at the fall last year, uh, I went through a series called Love Does, and and I brought this verse up every time, and I asked him, why is it that love is the greatest? And I'm here to tell you the answer is because love is obvious. I can't see your faith. I can't see your hope, but I can see your love. You know, love is an action. Love is a verb. Love is something that you do. And here in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, we see a description of what love looks like. 1 Corinthians 13, a description of what love looks like. What does it say? It says that uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, and then joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, as I look at that list, I see a correlation to the list of those relational works of the flesh. you know. So I I put love and joy together. I think they are the same thing. I think that joy is the emotion and love is the outward action of what we're feeling inside. The Bible tells us that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Nothing about the cross that was worth enduring, but the joy, what he was thinking about was Ronnie Tabor one day would, would accept his sacrifice the sins that I've committed and one day put your name in there that you would accept what Jesus Christ did and so love and joy opposite over on the works of the flesh is hate you, you want to find out how can we solve the problem of what's going on in a country right now well we need a little love and you know it's easy for us to tell everyone else you need love and what the reality is that we need it We need to live it. We need to demonstrate it. And how do we do that? Well, we should experience joy. Keep going down that list. We should experience peace. That would be nice to have right now. What's the uh, corresponding antonym to that over in the, the list of the works of the flesh that are obvious? Discord. So when you don't have peace, you've got discord. We're living through that. Forbearance. The opposite of that over there is jealousy. You know, forbearance is when you, uh, it's okay and you allow those that are around you to experience great things. You know, it's easy for us to do this in, in a, a tight relationship where we can celebrate a new job, we can celebrate a new car, a new home. But when it's somebody that we're in competition with, you know, sometimes it's not so easy. Sometimes we, we uh, I don't even want to go there. And what happens is we see jealousy instead of forbearance. Looking down the list, we see kindness. What's the opposite? Rage. Goodness. Selfishness. Faithfulness. Dissensions is the opposite. Gentleness. Factions. And the last self-control, envy. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. What does love look like? It's joy. It's peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So the question we all have to answer today is this. What is growing on your tree? Is hate, dissension, factions, jealousy, envy? Or is it love? And is it true love? And is it love that's coming forth you know the tree doesn't have to if you put it in the right environment the orange tree is going to bear oranges maybe you're wondering you're like well you know i don't quite see the those works of the flesh in my life but i don't quite see this over here have you ever walked up to a tree and said what kind of tree is that and someone says well that's an orange tree and you're like i don't see any oranges on that tree Yeah, it's an orange tree. You know, we we planted it a couple years ago, and it hasn't produced any oranges yet, but it's an orange tree. You know, I think the same thing happens to us. People look, and they wonder, what are you? You say, I'm a Christ follower. Well, for a Christ follower, we should experience the fruit of the Spirit. And most of us have a hard time demonstrating that the fruit of the Spirit of love is growing on our tree. You know, I started uh, today with a verse, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. And I want to finish with that same verse. Galatians 6, 7 says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, that we will also reap. We sow works to the flesh, corruption. We sow works to the spirit, life eternal. You know, in this series, From Good to Great, taking any relationship to the next level. And most of the relationships that have really had you focus on are relationships with other people. You know, but today, I really want you to think about one relationship, and that is your relationship with God. If you want to take your relationship with God to the next level, all you have to do is to walk in the Spirit. If you want that relationship to deteriorate or to go in the wrong direction... Do nothing, and the works of the flesh will be manifest. You know, this is not an easy message to preach. It's certainly probably not an easy message to hear. But what I would ask you is to do some soul searching. Go to God and ask him, Lord, show me. Don't live in doubt. Don't wonder about your eternal destination. The Bible tells us very clearly. You know, I've shared with you uh, on our website, tbccentralia.com slash next. If, if you go there, it talks about the, the most important next step, and that is to get in. That is to create, establish a relationship with God. You know, that's the first step in taking that relationship to the next level. Don't let your friends, don't let your um, past talk you out of doing that. Go there. Read through those scriptures. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. I hope today that you have really taken inventory of what's growing on your tree. And if you realize that, you know what, the works of the flesh, that's, that, that would be more descriptive of me. That you go to your Father. That you repent. That you ask for forgiveness. That you accept what Jesus Christ did for you. Maybe you recognize there was a little bit of the love, and you've got some of that, but yet sometimes you see the other. What do you do? Walk in the Spirit. Because otherwise, if you're not walking in the Spirit, you're going to gravitate to the flesh, and you're going to start seeing those things. You know, when I I listed those uh, works of the flesh, it's easiest for say, you know what? Sexual immorality is not my problem. Uh, Idolatry is not my problem. Drunkenness is not my problem. But even in the church, those relational sins are a big deal. Those relational sins are present. And it's a scary verse that says, Those that live that life will not experience eternal life. Don't let the Holy Spirit be quenched. Listen, I'm going to the Lord in prayer, and I hope that you'll join me in praying that God will just make himself real in your life that you won't um, fall victim to uh, listening to the voice that tells you that this isn't the word of God, that this isn't true, that you're going to be okay. That's not what the Bible tells us. And when I'm done praying, we're going to go and we're going to sing again. And, and I, I, uh, this is a good song. It's talking about us being a tree. I want you to listen to the words. And I hope that you can sing those words. It might be a new song to you. You might want to play this a couple different times. I hope you listen to the words and that you posture yourself like that tree. Dear heavenly Father Lord, we come to you and God, I just I thank you so much that in your word you give us a warning. Lord, you tell us not to be deceived because we know we've experienced that that deception is easy. Lord, it's easy for us to be deceived by what's going on around us. God, it's easy for us to be deceived by uh, our own thoughts, our own emotions. But, Lord, your word told us that the acts of the flesh are obvious. And, God, I pray that we would be faithful. I pray, God, that I would be faithful. (coughs) That I would forsake those works. That, Lord, that hatred and division and factions would not be found anywhere near me. That I would not be a part of any of that. God, I pray that those in our church, Lord, that you would just allow them to be able to pray and say and live out the same thing, God. I pray that our church will be unified. God, I pray that our church in this difficult time will unify around love, the truth, your word. Lord, hear our praise as we come to you. And God, we recognize that in your scripture, you've told us that we're trees. Lord, I pray that you'll hear our praise in Jesus' name. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tvccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.